What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we'll recap a little bit about the Colorado State game. Arkansas winning that one 55-34, a much-needed win. And if you haven't gone back and looked at my walk and talk where I just kind of – where I'm leaving the stadium to my car, kind of go over, over everything, get everything off my chest, you should go back and, and take a look at that after the show. Uh, Danny West is going to join us to talk a little bit about recruiting and give his thoughts on the state of the program and what happened with the Colorado State win. And and Chad Morris had his Monday press conference. We'll go over the latest stuff with that, injury news, all that and more on Hog Sports Live. Okay, before we get started, I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, be sure to throw us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Hit that notifications bell and throw a thumbs up if you like the video. Apple Podcasts, the number one rated Razorback show on Apple Podcasts. We want people to find that when they search Arkansas Razorbacks. We want them to find our show. So make sure to give us a rating, five stars. We'd love that. And a review. That also helps get our message out there. Also available on Spotify and Stitcher. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year and comes with a seven-day free trial. So plenty of options there to get access to me, Danny, Pete Roulier, and everything that we have going on at hogsports.com. Chad Morris's press conference, Nick Starkle was the offensive MVP along with Ty Ty Clary, not Ty Story. Nick Starkle and Ty Clary, offensive MVPs uh, coming out of the game. Ty Clary obviously graded very highly. Been catching a lot of flack because of his snaps. I thought he snapped the ball pretty well on Saturday. And, of course, Nick Starkle was just putting the ball on the money. Uh, really strong coming out and in that fourth quarter. I thought he played a fantastic game. Arkansas obviously has their quarterback in Nick Starkle, a guy that can – he's just accurate, man. I mean, he knows where to go with the ball. Dijon Harris uh, for his leadership late in the game. Now, Dijon, I thought, did make a little bit of a bad play there at the beginning. They gave up that 75-yard run. They just kind of had things open up in the middle. You can read my complete game breakdown on hogsports.com, VIP for our VIP subscribers, but we'll go into some stuff here. But Dijon, they said, just took over the sideline in the fourth quarter, just instilled in everybody – we're not letting this slip away. We're not losing the game. McTelvin Aguim also that. But really, I think one of the reasons they gave Dijon the MVP was just for the leadership he showed on the sideline heading into that fourth quarter. Connor Limpert, SEC uh, Special Teams Player of the Year and, of course, Arkansas uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. <clears throat> player of the Week, not Player of the Year. Limpert had the 54-yarder, drilled it right down the middle. Would have been good from 60-plus. Grant Morgan. Also played well on special teams. And Sam Loy, and I'll get into Sam Loy a little bit because I did clock his punts. And I don't know that people can see exactly. You see a 39-yard pump. You don't see how high in the hang time and zero chance of it being returned. And that's important, too. Also had a 55-yarder. But we'll go over some of those hang times in a minute. Uh, Let's see. 7.6 yards per attempt on 33 first downs. That's winning football right there. 6 of 12 on third down. That's 50%. This is a team that was – 30.8% 30.8% last year on third downs. They gave up two 75-yard plays in the first and the third quarter, the the run up the middle from Kinsey, and then uh, the wide receiver, uh, Warren – is it Warren Jackson? Anyway, um, had that uh, – no, Dante. Dante, I can't remember his last name, but uh, he had that big catch. Uh, you know, Miles Mason goes up for it. It's a 50-50 ball. Dude comes down with it, keeps his foot two inches in bounds, and races 75 yards. So that's 150 yards on two plays that they gave up. Things like that, you know, are, are always difficult, but, you know, that's the way the game is designed. Uh, you're going to give up plays. My, okay, so this is a pretty big deal on the depth chart. Myron Cunningham has been moved to the backup right tackle behind Dalton Wagner. If you notice the game Saturday, you probably had to go back and look at it, but – 
they did a lot of shuffling around with the offensive line. Sometimes you'd see Myron Cunningham at one of the guard spots. Sometimes he was at tackle. Um, you know, sometimes Caps was out. Sometimes uh, Stromberg was out. Who Stromberg played a pretty good game aside from a couple of false starts. Played a pretty good game for a, a redshirt or excuse me, a true freshman. <clears throat> And the thing with Stromberg, he's listed at 266. He's about 275 at his heaviest, according to Morris, but still needs to gain some weight. But to be, you know, a smaller offensive lineman, to have the success he's having as a true freshman has been pretty impressive. So they got some things shaking up there on the offensive line. I think it's notable when you got to the fourth quarter, you know, what was your offensive line? You know, you had basically all the guys that you started the season with, you know, with the starters. You had um, Myron Cunningham at right guard, Austin Capps at left guard. Um, you know, and, and everybody else, your normal offensive line. I think they wanted to make sure that they had their more experienced players in there, even though Cunningham has only been here a little bit longer than, than Stromberg. So as far as injury stuff goes, it's a clavicle sprain for bumper pool. Um, so I believe that's right in here. I think that's right here. And there's different grades. There's a grade one and two. If he has a grade one, it's a one to two weeks for that. So clavicle sprain for bumper pool. And I saw him go down when I was rewatching the game. I saw him go down. He comes in the next series, I think maybe the next two series, and sometimes with soft tissue, you don't realize how bad it is. I know I've sprained my ankle before, like really bad, and playing basketball and kept playing. And then after a while, I was like, man, this is kind of getting to me. And then the next thing I know, it's swollen up that big. So those are um, some of the main – well, Monteric Brown has a muscle strain. That's not – we're not thinking that's going to affect him, but he was out for like the last four series when we saw Ladarius Bishop in there. Zach Williams is going to miss a couple of weeks. He's got a knee, so I'm guessing that's a knee sprain. I guess it would probably be like an MCL type of thing, um, some some kind of – maybe some kind of cartilage, something. Uh, so, yeah, Zach Williams out a couple of weeks, but they do get Jamario Bell back, and I think they're going to need Jamario. Now, those freshman ends have done well except for – you know, they just, they just need to add strength. You know, they need to get stronger. And Jamario was a guy that I saw in the preseason. You know, I, I remember the first time I saw him out there, his arms were just huge. He's just gotten so much bigger. So, I think having his strength out there will help them hold that edge a little bit better. Not that it was all on the freshman ends for giving up contain, but because they did have a lot of success running outside. But I think having Jamario back will help. That position has been snake bitten. I mean, you've lost Eric Gregory. Uh, you, you know, Gregory should start working back in, but now you've lost Zach Williams, you lost Dorian Gerald, Jamario Bell has missed, uh, you know, three weeks, two weeks. So uh, you've been a little bit snake bit, uh, snake bit of defensive end. Jordan Jones should start getting back a little bit of work. He had surgery on a high ankle sprain. Uh, and then Hayden Henry looks like he's got a bit of a shoulder from that big hit that he delivered at the end. I don't know if that's going to hold him out any at all, but um, that's pretty much it. So, you know, going back and look at the stats, Starkle, 20 of 35, 305 yards, three touchdowns. You take that about every week. Good to see some other running backs getting involved besides Rakeem Boyd. Um, Deboa Whaley had nine carries for 81 yards. That's about what you'd like to see. You know, 20 carries for Rakeem, you know, 10 carries for Deboa if he's going to continue to produce like that. Chase Hayden got a couple for 17 yards. And then, you know, I loved what I saw on the final drive with Trey Knox, Traylon Burks, you know, going to your studs, O'Grady. You know, going to those guys, making sure, okay, these are our playmakers. We're going to go to them. And then, of course, uh, you know, getting Rakeem Boyd some action up the middle and Devois too. So, that was good to see. Defense stepping up in the fourth quarter when you really needed them to, only giving up 34 yards. I think the first running play and first passing play were like 12 and 13 yards too. I mean, and then from there they pick up some yards, but there's some negative yardage plays. I want to remind everybody, go ahead and get your questions in here. Um, Danny West is going to join us here in a little bit, so you want to get some questions in uh, for him as well. But, yeah, 520 yards of offense. Uh, again, I don't think that, that many people have uh, 
have seen an Arkansas team do that in a while. Um, again, I'll remind you, if you haven't checked out the walk and talk, it's a, just a kind of a different take that I, I do. You know, I, I love sitting here and talking with you guys like that. But the walk and talk just allows me to really just kind of express my emotions, say what I'm thinking. I'm in the stadium, so there's just that kind of, I don't know, just that kind of a, a little bit more emotion into it, I guess. Um, you know, and it's it's an off-the-cuff, uh, unrehearsed type of deal that uh, – I mean, this is un, unrehearsed too, but um, that's even more so. It's just really kind of speaking from the heart. Um, so, offensive's getting better. Defense stepped up when they had to. They still got some things to work out on defense. I mean, it's still a very young group. And I, I really think, like I was saying before, that this is a group that's probably going to end up getting a little worse – you know, as the season progresses. Not that they're they're going to get some guys healthy here and there, but the depth and, you know, getting worn out, all that, the nicks and bumps and stuff, all that stuff is going to start playing more and more of a role as they go on. Let's get to Chad Morris. This is Chad Morris's introduction on Monday's press conference, about two minutes here. So let's see what he had to say uh, before we move for, before we move further and, and, and take a little bit more look at this game. But just seeing the excitement of our, on our fans' uh, faces, our, our staff, our players uh, was was very very gratifying Saturday night, but uh, very proud of how hard our guys played and competed. Um, they responded the way I knew they would. Uh, I saw it in the locker room after the Ole Miss game, um, and and each day last week they, they we we had one of our best weeks, if not the best week of practice that we had um, since I've been here last week, and it was all credit to our staff and to the players for responding the right way. I thought in the fourth quarter, the scores tied 34-34. I thought it was, there was a decision that had to be made. Um, I thought it was a big moment for, for this team, uh, for where we've, we've been since we've been here over 19 months. I thought that was a, a defining moment uh, for, for the direction of this team and where we were heading. And uh, to see the leadership step up is an understatement. Uh, everybody pulled together. Uh, they they um, uh, they met the challenge, the way that we won the game in the fourth quarter, and how we finished strong in that fourth quarter is something that we'll continue to build on uh, and upon the rest of the season and moving forward. But uh, especially um, with how we lost this same game uh, a year ago. So uh, we're very pleased with that. Uh, again, I'll talk a little bit more about our leadership and uh, in that fourth quarter moment, um, really what kind of defined uh, the line in the sand at that point. But players of the game offensively were Nick Starkle and Ty Clary. Uh, Ty Clary played the best game I've seen him play since he's been here. Uh, he was uh, he continues to improve. Um, this is not something that just happened over the last year in fall camp. This is this is a young man that has made a commitment and has dedicated himself through the course of of winter conditioning and into spring ball. And he continues to improve and be a leader in that that offensive line room. It's great to see that. Uh, it's the best we've executed offensively. Um, without question, we were balanced, and I think that opened up uh, a lot in our run game. Um, but it all started with being efficient and being effective on first down. Uh, we averaged 7.6 yards on 33 first down attempts. And when you can do that, you can do a lot of really good things. You, you can really get into a groove and get into a rhythm uh, with this offense. We were also uh, very productive on third down. We were 50% on third down, six of 12. So we stayed out of third down. But when we did get in it, we, um, we, we were efficient there. Very solid performance uh, offensively, but there's a lot to improve on. And you'll see this unit continue to improve. 
Okay, so that was head coach Chad Morris. Again, if you want to take a more in-depth look at the game, and I go through and break down, I put about 2,700 words together on the game, uh, then go to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. If you're curious what we have behind the curtain, sign up. It's just $1 right now to sign up at hogsports.com. Um, obviously, the first quarter was was crazy. 24 points for Arkansas. Probably been I, – I meant to go back and look at that. It's probably been since Nichols State, since Arkansas put up 24 points in the far, fourth quarter. I know it's been since uh, the Missouri game, Brett Bielema's last game, since uh, a quarterback put up over 300 passing yards. But what I really like about Starkle is he trusts his arm. He pulls the string. When he sees somebody open, he pulls it, man, and he goes for it. And I, I love that about him. And I, what I love about these wide receivers, man – you see this all the time with wide receivers where they a ball's coming to them and they leave their feet, right? They leave their feet or, you know, they kind of go dead-legged or they wait for the ball to come to them. And these guys, Knox and Burks, just snatch it. I mean, I love that. They attack the ball in the air. And then with their legs, the locomotion just keeps going. You know, they never stop moving their legs, never stop running. And it's a tendency to kind of go dead leg a little bit. That always bugs me. I've seen Arkansas wide receivers do that a lot over the years, but these guys just keep – they keep running, especially Burks. And Burks – you know, if you ever notice on punt returns that Burks just catches it like this, you know, he didn't catch it like that. He just grows up and grabs it. And Danny was like – Danny brought that up to me, and it was like – and Danny's going to join us here in a minute. But um, I was like, you know, I, I really just think Danny, he's just a guy that sees it differently than everybody else. I, I really think that he has a chance to be just such a special player – it always takes a couple of guys to tackle him. He always makes somebody miss. Um, just get him the ball more and more. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – those guys are pretty impressive, pretty impressive young players. So, like what I see out of those guys. Um, you know, Michael Woods didn't really get heavily involved, but he's capable of doing a lot more. Hayden Henry definitely needs a shout-out. I mean, that guy – he had two, Hayden Henry had two hits that really just separated – the ball from the receiver. The first one came in the first quarter, and it was on a pass play. It might have been like the second series or something, third series. Um, but he separated the ball from the receiver, and it was an incomplete pass. And then, of course, the fourth quarter had that huge hit, which was really nice to see. Hmm, what else we got that I wanted to go over on the game? That's probably a little bit. Let's let's get to a couple of questions before we get to Danny. Again, probably about five minutes away from Danny coming and joining us. Um, let's see. Somebody asked about the fourth and one, but it's already rolled off the page. If Morris was going to do that, if it was the fans booing, I don't know. I kind of thought maybe the fans <laughs> might have had something to do with it. But he said he saw the look in the players' eyes that they wanted to go for it. And was like, all right, let's do it. But at the same time, I don't know the fans might. I, I, I definitely thought they should have gone for it there. And obviously, it worked out, but it didn't work out because Stromberg jumped off sides. Graham Cox says, my bald-headed brother, you rolled off the page, Graham, right as I was reading it. Try to get back in there. That's all I got is my bald-headed brother. Cedric Hurd said, you see the defense improving enough to slow SEC offenses to squeeze a win. I mean, I, I still think that there are three games that they can possibly win. I mean, I, I wouldn't shut – that Texas A&M game could be kind of funny. You know, because you do have such a Texas A&M uh, impact on this roster with Nick Starkle and Rakeem Boyd, Chad Morris having gone to school there, and then um, John Chavis's last stop before coming to Arkansas. So I do think that there's a little bit of, uh, you know, that aspect to it that could play into that game. Um, you know, Texas A&M's a fairly young team too. Arkansas is the youngest team in the SEC right now when you consider underclassmen, and I can't remember who posted that on our board, but that's another reason to subscribe to hogsports.com because of our in-the-know posters that make fantastic research posts. 
Cedric Hurd says, you see the defense and I just read that. But what I will say is I, I would be concerned about their depth overall as the season progresses. You know, I, I just think that's going to come into play on them. I mean, we've already seen them be impacted because of injuries so far and some key ones. They haven't gotten lucky in the injury department, and you needed to get lucky going into this. Martin Griffith says, what's your opinion on how our defense will hold up against SEC competition? Kind of mentioned that, uh, Martin. Matt A. Worley says, Scooter is great in the box, but you get him outside of it going east and west and running backs outrun him. You know, I've, I feel like he's been faster. I don't know if he's dealing with something, but I, Scooter's got pretty quick feet, especially to be as big as he is. I've seen him close on guys better than he's been doing this year. So I'm wondering if he might yeah, – yeah, and you mentioned that. He looks a little slower this year. I, it, it, you never know. It could be, you know, a little bit of a foot here and there. You know, he did have the foot injury in the spring, so maybe something's bothering him. My day, Worley told you, said Morgan was going to have a good game, but I think it was he was – Used enough Saturday every time he was in there, he was making plays. Yeah, I mean they've got some they've got some guys making plays at linebacker. I mean that was an area that you were really concerned about. But the way Hudson Henry's playing, um, Devon McClure played pretty well Saturday too. And then you know you know what you're going to get out of Grant Morgan. Trent Clark says Whaley and Boyd put up some good numbers also. Absolutely they did. That was a career high for Raheem Boyd and Whaley's best game so far this season. Henry looked good Saturday. Says Linda Summerval. Yes. Yeah, he did. He played well. Michael Middleton says, TV broadcast mentioned that Starkle having 30% of the playbook as a starter. How quickly do you think that will progress? Here's the deal with that 30%. 30% is their base package on offense, okay? they He's got more than 30%, I think. But everything else beyond that, the 30% is the hardest part to learn because everything out of that is window dressing with this offense. So it's kind of a little bit misleading. It's not like everything's equal 30%. You know, 30% is probably the toughest part. Dustin Hoopman says, great to see playmakers have big plays because they got the ball in a position to be able to make a play, absolutely, and and going to them. I'll say this. This is something that I leaned over to Danny and said. Uh, on Arkansas's first drive, when they get in the critical zone, which, you know, about inside the 30-yard line when you start thinking, all right, points are coming, field goal or something. I told Danny, I said, you know, the difference in Bobby Petrino and most coaches is, is Bobby Petrino starts taking strikes at the end zone here. And I loved seeing it. The first play, the first play when they got in the critical zone, zaps it to Trey Knox from like 30-something 30, 30 yards out. I loved seeing that play. Um, that just tells me killer instinct. And that's a lot of that's on Starkle, but a lot of that's on the coaches putting that play in there. So throw a thumbs up if you like that. A lot of coaches, you know, just try to inch their way in there. And, and you know, Petrino would always take strikes. So, love seeing that. Michael Lewis says, what's up, cousin? Question mark. Hmm. Are we? I think I know all my cousins, Michael. Uh, Trent Clark says, keep up the walk and talk. I enjoy it. Like I said, people seem to really like the walk and talk. So, if you haven't watched it, um, I'll pro provide a link in the, on, on YouTube uh, right about – well, I'll do it probably. I've already done it. But – on YouTube, I'll do that. Um, John Steele says, is Spivey or Henry hurt? No, they're not hurt. Uh, well, which Henry? I, th I assume you're talking about Hudson, but, you know, he just hadn't gotten in there yet. They've got a lot of older tight ends that they've been using, and, you know, he did get set back a little bit with the concussion. Spivey, you know, I think uh, I think they may try to hold on to his red shirt based on the way things are going right now. All right, I told Danny that I'd get him in in 20 minutes. He said I was killing him. I don't know what, I'm t what he's talking about, killing him, but um, sometimes he's got a lot of things to uh, to move around to get on this 2.30 show. So let me bring Danny West up on the horn. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up? What's up, Danny? How you doing? How am I killing you, man? Oh, time schedules. You know how it is with youngins. Yeah, I hear you. That's what I was explaining to everybody. We got we got other things we got to do. We, it's always it's such a weird hours job having the having the job we have. You know, just not having much time on the weekends, working yeah. until like three o'clock on a Saturday night, stuff like that. But it's part uh, of it. Yeah, love it though. That's part of. It. I got my yellow glasses. I just put my yellow blue blocking glasses on for everybody to see. We were, ta- we were since we were talking a lot about that. I'm worried about getting macular degeneration. All the all the research says that uh, you stare at blue blue light too long is going to lose your eyesight. So blindness scares me a little bit. But I wear these all the time for anybody concerned about their eyes. You know, block out the blue light. So You're Danny, worried about getting what now? Macular degeneration. If I can't spell it, I'm worried about it too. Yeah, exactly. So, Danny. Your thoughts on yep. the game? I don't. We haven't gotten your your take on on the game. I assume you you went back and watched it, did you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I went back and watched it, and uh, I don't know, man. It's everybody's feeling good again. I told people before the game, I just want to be able to walk back to my car after the game and see people smiling, having a good time. Yeah, and that was that was the first time in a long time that people were actually doing that. I walked by the facility. Trey Knox, Drew Vest ran into those guys. Everybody's all smiles. It's just been a while since everybody felt really good about something. Yeah. And I know it's just one game. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I think the defense, Trey, you know, believe it or not, if they'll just cut down on some of those chunk yardage touchdowns. Yeah, two plays you know, for 150 yards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're giving up a lot of them either. Mm. They're, I mean, I just looked it up. They're actually middle of the pack in the amount – of chunk yardage plays we're talking you know runs of 15 or more passes of 25 or more mm-hmm. is what qualifies as a chunk yardage and um but it seems like the ones they do give up they're going for touchdowns you remember the 32 yarder against portland state mm-hmm. big tight end you yeah. know last week they gave up a, a 46 and a 26 at old miss and then saturday as you said there are two 75 yard plays so just cut down half of those, and, man, you're in a pretty good position yeah. defensively. And then offensively, I'm like anybody else. It's about time. You know, they figured out that quarterback spot. and Hey, I think they've got some options now, and it's not just because of Starkle, but you're seeing those young receivers grow up right in front of you. Yeah, uh, CJ, is he's always kind of been a guy that needs that first big game to get him going. And so uh, I think he's ready to go now. You would hope Devois keeps keeps running the way he did Saturday. And, uh, you know, the offensive line there seems to me they're still shuffling some guys, which I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Ricky Stromberg has, has really given them a boost. You know, being, being able to jump in at left or right, either way, Myron Cunningham, same deal. 
You know, they cross trained those two guys in the uh, during fall camp, and I think that's helped them. Yeah. In the first three games here. It looks like they're going to keep Cunningham at tackle as much as possible. I think they just like him there better. That. Unless they have an injury, then, you know, they'll they'll look at, you know, getting their best five out there. But, um, you know, Danny, uh, Annabelle had a, a little friend over. My six-year-old daughter had a little friend over, and her mom came to pick her up yesterday. And she's like, you know, I was sitting there, and, you know, I like the game, but I don't, I don't, I don't care that much, you know. And she's like, but I was – I was just praying for Trey. I was like, let them win for Trey. Because <laughs> she she gets it, I guess. I heard my wife been talking or something, but she gets it, you know, because we can't just, like, step away from it. You know, we're living it, yeah. you know, right there with them. So, um, but she was like, I was just praying. I was like, just let them win for Trey. And, my, and she said, um, my, my wife was like, yeah. So when I was watching that first game, she's like, I never screamed so hard uh, for them to win. So I was watching that first uh, long 75-yard play. She's like, I just felt sick, you know, and my friend's next to me trying to trying to cheer me up. <laughs> but, she, you know, we don't, give, so we don't give Mary Linda and Ashley enough credit because they got to live with us, you know, and we're just you know, just been, you. you know, consumed with, with negativity. Um, and it's – I mean, that's that's the job. We, we, could, we, could be, we could be digging ditches, though, Danny. Well, sometimes that sounds pretty appealing. Yeah, I was ready to move back on the pecan orchard in South Georgia with the gnats you. for a yeah, minute there. It's funny. You know, I meet people on vacations and uh, exchange numbers. We hang out through the week and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes Arkansas will lose to, a, uh, you know, some no-name school, ULM or somebody. And mm-hmm. My phone is flooded with texts that I've only – from people that I've only met once, you know. They're like, sorry, dude, I know you're going through it. <laughs> <laughs> Complete strangers are yeah. just – it's a pity party. Yeah, that's good stuff. Love it. So, Danny West joining us. Danny has been with us for about a decade on the payroll, Danny, at, at hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. Um, most of his stuff is VIP, so if you want the inside recruiting scoop and, and really not just like – you know, what's been happening in recruiting, but what's going to happen, where this thing is headed, really inside information, who they're actually recruiting, who they really want, all of that kind of stuff, then you need a VIP membership to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, um, and that is your independent leader on Razorback Athletics and recruiting. So, Danny, what's going on in recruiting or what's happened in recruiting just lately? What can you keep us up to date with? Yeah, just going through some of the names from this past Saturday. Obviously, uh, Amarion Harris, the 2022 offensive lineman, he's going to be a national recruit if he's not already. He came up this past weekend. They had a lot of guys from Joe T. Robinson showed up at the game. was not a very eventful, uh, you know, uh, visit list this past weekend. And, you know, we expected that. These first few home games here, it's you know, you're just not likely to see a bunch of Big time recruits, but uh, Marion was here. He's been here plenty of times before. There was a kicker out of Tennessee, Connor Wood. I want to mention Mason Brotherton from uh, Mina, the 2021 tight end. He's a guy to keep an eye on. JT Towers, uh, also from Robinson. He's a 20 linebacker. I think he's he really impressed me at camp, so I'm hoping somebody will take a shot at JT. He's a good-looking kid. Uh, they've put out a new offer, I want to say Friday or Saturday, Cameron Miller, he's a 2022 wide receiver out of Memphis Academy of Health Sciences, which I would imagine is quite a bit different than Rising High School. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I talked to Fitzroy Gardner. He's a JUCO defensive end, outside linebacker. Um, Iowa Central, I want to say, Trey. So forgive me, I don't have his profile right in front of me, but I just talked to Fitz, and uh, 
he's uh, looking at December for an official visit here. They're still maintaining contact with him. So that's an interesting one. I think they would like him as a defensive end. Uh, he probably prefers playing linebacker, but he's okay with whatever. So keep an eye on that name, Fitzroy Gardner. Fitzroy Gardner. All right. We'll keep, an, we'll keep an eye on Danny West also for all the latest recruiting news. So, Danny, you want to get into some of these questions here? Let's do it. All right. I don't know if I have recruiting questions or not. I just like to kind of go through them. And, and sure. I'm setting myself up to say something, you know, that somebody types in here. But yeah. uh, Casey Rowland says, what are your thoughts on the record at the end of the season? Dadgummit. I just lost it. Man, they're rolling off fast. We got a lot of people on here. So I just what, – what's your thoughts on Casey Rowland's questions on the record at the end of the season? We both went six and six at an end of this one. We did. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people since uh, since they won that game Saturday saying, hey, we're probably still only going to be four and eight, but at least we're, at least it's a win, you know. I'm, man, I'm not so sure, Trey. I'm looking around the conference right now. I get it. Arkansas lost at Ole Miss. That was their big opportunity, right? to make people feel really good but you know when you look at Kentucky right now yeah they played a really good game against Florida probably should have won it but they've got Sawyer Smith at quarterback I know they're physical I know their offensive line is good but I'm still not sold I, I still think that's a toss-up game for Arkansas Mississippi State doesn't look great right now they've got quarterback concerns and you know here's Nick Starkle suddenly Arkansas is looking pretty good at the quarterback spot you know so I mean, I just looked up a stat, not to get off track here, Trey, but just looked up uh, some stats, SEC stats this morning. Mm-hmm. Would you believe Nick Starkle, he didn't start the first two games. He's already got more completions of 25 yards or more than Jake Fromm at Georgia. Really? And he's only one behind Tua at Alabama. So, man, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the offense. If they can keep this thing going – I think you start to feel really good about where you're at with the quarterback. And then Missouri, you know, they've already lost to Wyoming. Sure, they bounced back against West Virginia. But my point is, and then, you know, Texas A&M, we'll see in two weeks. But that's always kind of a toss-up game, no matter what the talent or uh, mojo is going into that game for either team. It's probably going to be another close one. So that's a handful of games there that, you know, hey, don't don't punch them in at 4-8 and just yet, folks. I think they're – I think they still got a shot at postseason play. So the Texas A&M game is picked up for an 11 a.m. kickoff. I thought that might get a better kickoff because Arkansas is going to be, I mean, almost certainly three and one headed into that one. I thought that yeah. would get a better kickoff. Um, but here, here's what's happened since Texas A&M has joined the SEC. Remember, everybody was talking about the SEC expanding west is going to be a good thing for Arkansas. Uh, so this is this is mostly on Brett Bielema, obviously, but. Texas recruiting has been a you know until Morris got here it was atrocious from 2013 to 17, and when Morris got here there were fewer than 10 scholarship Texans on the roster, so it didn't yep. it didn't make this huge difference in recruiting. I mean the bottom line is you got to have people who are familiar with Texas uh, to recruit Texas. Um, Arkansas has lost all seven meetings since Texas A&M has joined the SEC after winning three in a row the years before that, including their worst loss ever to Texas A&M, 58-10 in 2012, the first year when they went down there to Arlington, or excuse me, not to Arlington, but to uh, Aggieland, yeah, College Station in 2012 and faced Johnny Manziel. Um, and that was actually with a team that was preseason top 10. You know, everything just kind of went downhill with, uh, right. obviously, with John L. Smith coaching that first year. Um, three of those games have been in overtime that they've lost, and four of them have been by seven points, including last year's game. 
uh, out of the seven that they've lost. So, uh, And in addition to that, the SEC and Jeff Long let this happen where the SEC took that Friday uh, post-Thanksgiving game against LSU right. away and replaced uh, – replaced the Aggies, of course, uh, in that game. Of course, they played on Saturday, but Arkansas plays Missouri, which just has not had that same pop as the LSU game has had. It's just kind of been, yeah. Although I'm looking forward to that one being in Arrowhead. I think that'll be that'll be good next year. So those are, the, those are the things that have happened for Arkansas. And on top of that, Texas A&M is the highest revenue uh, program in the country now uh, with all the SEC network deals oh, wow. and all that stuff. Yeah, just edging out Texas. So. Hey, I got to tell you, Trey, I like the 11 o'clock kickoff. That is also the first day. Some of our listeners appreciate this now. First day of bow season mm-hmm. here in Arkansas. So 11 o'clock kickoff might give you a two-hunt a two hunt day. Okay, so you get the morning hunt before the game. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'm looking at it from a media standpoint. The game lasts three and a half hours. Ought to be done by 2.30, 2.45 or so. Hey, you can get back on the deer stand if you wrap up all your work, Trey. Yeah, yeah so, well, you got looking at it from my perspective now. You got a fifty percent chance it'll be overtime. Uh, Pete was saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, Pete will be no down kidding. there, and Pete and Pete was like, "It's eleven o'clock. Yes, I'll finally get to go out in Dallas." I was like, "Why are you going <laughs> to yeah. get to go out in Dallas? You be, I'm not getting you a hotel room. Where you're set, you can come on. Home. No, I'm, I might hook bring you it up. on back. <laughs> I was like, hey, we've done a bring down it on back. back before. Oh yeah, yeah, we have absolutely. Yeah. All right, well. Unfortunately, everybody, all the you know the questions are rolling off so fast. We've had two hundred plus, two hundred fifty people on here uh, pretty consistently. So, if anybody's got any advice on how to stop all the qu- all the questions from rolling off, then I would love to have it. Put it in the uh, feed, and if it doesn't roll off, then <laughs> then I'll read it out. Um, Graham Cox says, "Oh, nope, he doesn't. He's disappeared." Jerry Sanders says, "Let's talk about Hammonds playing in this fast paced offense." Yeah, I mean Hammonds good. Hammonds has got what. One more game, he'll, he'll be back for the Texas A&M game, right? So that'd That's be right. another guy that maybe could help him a little bit in the in the rushing department. Uh, Ricky Williamson says, Trey, we still need to get Devion Warren more involved. They just ran the one end around. They threw to him. He had a kind of a rough series on Arkansas's was it second or third series where he he had that end around. He had a little bit of space, but he got bottled up, and then they threw to him on third down, and he, you know, it was a tough catch, but he dropped it, and uh, and they yep. had to come off the field. Um, I can't remember when that was, but it was it was back to back. Kyler Mahaney says, "Any chance Hudson Henry gets some playing time? Harrell's hands are spotty." I was glad to see Harrell redeem himself on that uh, on that touchdown catch because he has been catching it, and he's a guy that's really helped him, I think, in the run game. Um, what do you think? You think Hudson gets in any, Danny? This year? Man, I don't know. Through three at this games, point, yeah. Uh, at this point, I mean. You know, you look at the the veteran tight end group right now with Chase, Grayson, CJ, obviously, and even Hayden Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's four scholarship guys. You know, you start to project a little bit to next year. I don't know that I wouldn't go ahead and keep the red shirt on, you know? Yeah. Just let him take his time. If he needs time, that's great. You know he's going to be a good one. I mean, it's not like the kid got up here and he's not talented. Yeah. They're, they're very you – know, they've got a lot of veteran guys there who have who have been through it, so – if you can afford it to redshirt a guy like that, absolutely. Go Here, ahead. Here's it. my concern with redshirting a guy like that is that he's a guy like that. He's and Hud- blow up Hudson Hudson was you know, Hudson has a lot of the same qualities that that um Hunter has, you know, and Hunter 
was gone after his junior year. So the worst thing you want to happen for, you know, and one reason I think you don't redshirt running backs typically is because you redshirt them and then you only get two years out of them and then they go pro, you know, after a redshirt sophomore year, you know. So that's that's kind of the the concern I think I would have with that. But um, hey, speaking of redemption, you mentioned uh, Chase Harrell there coming coming away with the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Ty Clary needs a shout out. I thought he redeemed himself this week and had the best game by far yeah. I've ever seen out of him. He did. So shout out to Ty. He did on that fifty nine yard run by Boyd. He got to the second level and made a great block and really sprung him. And then it was just Boyd outrunning the safeties after that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Danny, you got anything left? Anything else you want to comment on? I'm nah, man. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Looking forward to Saturday. Yeah. That'll be the first time since 2017, or should be, that they've won back-to-back games. So, hopefully another good weekend for us. All right. All right. Appreciate you, Danny West. That's Danny West with hogsports.com. Again, H-A-W-G sports.com to read all of his stuff. Typically VIP. Uh, but uh, Danny does a, a, f- a fantastic job. And for those more casual fans, guys that like stuff out of press conferences or just want to know kickoff times and you know just kind of the latest things going on, we do have a lot of free content at hogsports.com. There's a lot of free content that you can read uh, for the more casual fan. And the best way to get that is to sign up for our newsletter. You can go to hawgsports.com, scroll to the middle of the page, and there's a section there that says enter email. And so however long it takes you to type in your email is how long it takes to sign up uh, for that service. And we'll send you an email. There's an activation, so you'll click on that. And then we'll send you stuff every morning um, with mostly free content. We'll probably send out like five free content items and maybe one or two VIP that will clearly be marked VIP items, uh, but mostly free content. And uh, also anytime there's breaking news or there's a commitment, you'll get – uh, you'll get, uh, you know, an alert sent to your email. If there's, uh, you know, like today with the Texas A&M game being announced, the game time, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we send directly to your inbox so you're alerted anytime. So go to the middle of the page uh, where it says enter your email and enter and hit sign up, and that's that's literally all you have to do to get free Razorback content in your, in your inbox. All right. Um, let's see what we got here. Let's get to a few more questions. We've gone 37 minutes, so we'll go for about five more minutes here before we wrap it up. Jenny, Jim Enos says, is Danny taking karate lessons from Luke Matheson yet? <laughs> he will be able to uh, complete dojo at that point. Uh, is Luke, I hadn't talked to Luke in a while. Uh, Henry should take his plays when he's ready to play. Should take his plays when he's ready to play. I guess. Mary Rose says, thanks for making the time to join Danny West. Yes, we always appreciate Danny West. Does a great job. Aaron Wright says, love seeing the leadership quality in Nick and that hope and hope and that hope Bobcat dominating on defense. Yep. McTelvin Aguim. Uh, they keep double double teaming him. Yeah, and that's one unfortunate thing with losing Dorian Gerald is you know McTelvin draws a lot of attention now and that wouldn't have happened if you'd had Dorian out there. So that's, that's unfortunate, but Loving what I see out of Nick, uh, Nick Starkle. Pam Lindbergh says, just glad the team pulled a win in the fourth quarter and to scoop and scores in the back of ga- – two scoop and scores in the back and back games. Just excited for the future. Yeah, defense has been putting up some points. That's a, that's a good point, Pam. Michael Passarelli says, line was better with it back. Line, offensive line was better. Offensive line played – pretty darn well and you always feel like they didn't play that well but you go that's why I'm always hesitant to like talk about the offensive line in post game unless it's just blatantly obvious you know I'm usually kind of hesitant to talk about them because 
I always start off with a game plan. I'm going to watch from the center out, and I start doing that. It's first, I always bring my binoculars. So I, first several plays, I'll only watch the offensive line versus the D-line on both sides, see who's getting the push, you know, because that's going to tell me, basically. Whoever's getting the push is, you know, a strong candidate to win if, if you got playmakers. Garrett Haley says, I was disappointed we didn't run the Wild Hog any this weekend with a wink. I hear you, Garrett. I think they'll get back to it, though. I just I would like to see them get back to it with somebody else, with a KJ Jefferson or uh, with a Traylon Burks. I think that would be that would be cool to see uh, another opportunity to give Rakeem a little bit of a break. But hey, if Devois keeps going, uh, then they've got some answers uh, running the ball. They need to get Devois. If he can get ten carries a game, get you some good production. That would be really good. Matt A. Worley says the left tackle was holding solely big time on that first TD run, but Curl did take take the wrong angle yeah you're right um it looked like well Soli only has one good arm but it looked like the club was getting pulled that way I, I agree with you on that now I'll say this too you know there was a a play to the end zone I think it was intended for Devion Warren who we were talking about a minute ago and I, I get the quarter screwed up but um the dude was face guarding he was all over him and just kind of raising his hands up never turned around for the ball and then later in the game Joe Fouché, I believe it was Fouché, got called for the exact same thing. And on that play, they got they called Joe Fouché for a, a pass interference, which it was. It was pass interference. But they also um, missed a hold on Soli. I believe the dude had him from behind, and then another guy had Gabe Richardson tugging him from behind. So they missed two holding calls, but made the, made sure they got that pass interference. Garrett Haley says, well, I know it was. I can't even remember what you asked, Garrett, but I appreciate you being active on here, man. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody getting involved. Thank you so much, everybody, also, for making this such a popular podcast and show. Um, you know, obviously, we couldn't do it without you. So uh, we love doing things that people like and, um, you know, having you guys respond, rate the show with five stars and thumbs up, all that stuff um, lets us know. You know, not only helps get the message out to other people, uh, you know, through the analytics and stuff, when when things when people show they like something, it, it gets put out in front of other people. But it also shows us, it lets us know what to continue doing for for Razorback fans. So we appreciate all of you. Jason Redmond says, "I want to see a game be a monster. I know he draws some double teams at times, but I'd be lying if I say this guy didn't. If I'd be lying, I'd be dying to see this guy destroy a quarterback. It just never really happened. Yeah, I mean." He makes plays in other ways. I mean, I think the NFL guys see his impact on the game, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely hurt him not having a really experienced defensive end. Um, you know, who's an older player, stronger, and that's where I think Jamario Bell can help them a little bit. Having a guy who, you know, maybe can set that edge a little bit better uh, while these young guys come along. I mean, they just they all need a, another year in the weight room. Of course, you know, Colin Clay looks like an absolute animal out there. I mean, that guy's huge for defense. I. I I can't imagine Clay not growing into a defensive tackle before it's all said and done. I think his dad's like 6'10", though. If he gets any taller, then I guess he wouldn't have much of a choice. Chase Houghton-Jones says, I'm excited in the first place. The weekly pick em. Oh, you're excited. You're in first place. Congratulations, Chase Houghton-Jones. So, we run a, yeah, we run a weekly, a weekly pick em. I should call him the pick em. Weekly pick em on hogsports.com. And, and the winner of that's going to get a, a free year subscription to Hogsports. Michael Passarelli says he might be able to run the Wildcat. Exactly, Wildcat. Should be ready in two years. Terry Roy says a lot of SEC teams witness Arkansas's weakness on the defensive edge. So before SEC play begins, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And unfortunately, Terry, I just don't know where that gets addressed. I mean, you really just need that year in the office, in the in the weight room, but I'm 
I think you would hope that Jamario, you know, having his size and experience could come back and really put together the year that, you know, you would hope. He's coming back this week, hopefully, from his knee injury. Like I said, Jamario looks fantastic. I mean, he's he's bigger than I've ever seen him. That was one reason he was moved from defensive end in the first place. He just wasn't physically strong enough. But, you know, after being here for four and a half years, it's – I mean, he's, he's, he's bulked up. Morgan Adam Harris says, what are the chances we see KJ Saturday? It's possible. I mean, at the same time, you know, you know, if they if something were to happen to Starkle, I think they would go back with Hicks. Um, so you want to make sure you continue working with him. But I want to see KJ too. I want to see KJ as much as anybody. Matthew Smith says, what about Easton, the linebacker from Memphis? So uh, Bryson Easton uh, is down to Arkansas and Tennessee. That's his two top teams right now. So he's got a teammate committed to Arkansas, which is an advantage. He's living in Tennessee, so there might be that impact. But um, I, I've got a crystal ball in for him to go to to go to Arkansas, and I've had it in there for a long time. I think that's where he ends up. Uh, initially, I was more thinking Arkansas, Oklahoma. So Michael Lewis says I was referring to another viewer. Sorry, Michael. Uh, Chase Hogan Jones says, says impressive stats for Starkle. Absolutely. Lauren Morris. Oh, you know what I wanted to get to? All right, I'm about to wrap it up because uh, we've got a ton of comments here, and we're, we're already way over. So, but I do, I want to appreciate everybody, but I wanted to get to, if I've got it brought up, I wanted to get to um, Sam Loy because the time just, I love, you know, guys know I love time and punts. If I can find it, dadgummit, I had it brought up. All right, here it is in my last look section. This is, you know, just one of the things, it's just special teams, but one of the things that I'll break down after the game. Um, so what you can't tell on television if you weren't there is just how high and beautifully spiraled Sam Loy's punts are. And the reason I have this appreciation on these punts is because it's been such a struggle the last two years. And so I've been, you know, personally excited about, about Loy. Um, so his first punt was 6'11 to play, went 41 yards, and had a 4-5-1 second hang time with no chance of a return. That's what you want right there. 42 yards or so, you get 4.2 seconds. That's pretty solid. Its second one, 55 yards, checked up at the one-yard line. That was a little bit lower, uh, and, and he outkicked his coverage a little bit because you didn't have anybody there to recover it, but it sailed for 4.9, 4.59 seconds. His third punt went 40 yards, hung in there for 4.49 seconds. With no, Again, none of these had any chance of return, and his fourth punt sailed 39 yards. So it was super high in the air, uh, 4.78 seconds with no chance of a return there. So kudos to Sam Loy. Uh, Arkansas finally has a guy that can – can punt and um you know I, I don't guess he had the greatest game against Ole Miss um he had one that was kind of short like a 26 yarder and people were kind of giving him hell about it but uh I've seen him in practice I've been encouraged with what I've seen out of him so uh good to see him there all right everybody we're going to go ahead and wrap it up sorry if I couldn't get to some of your questions plenty of ways to watch and listen stumbling over myself today Facebook live hence the name hog sports live always streaming live there every Monday and Thursday for Hog Sports Live on Facebook. And usually probably the Monday show about 2.30 start, and then the Thursday show uh, usually going to start around 11, 11.30 or so. Uh, and then we throw specialty shows in there. If there's an emergency podcast that we need to address something, uh, I do the post-game walk and talk. Sometimes if I'm not at the game, I'll do it from here. Always uploading on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. We want to get those subscriber numbers up, of course. And hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime that we upload a new video. And throw us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. Apple Podcasts, this is very important. Apple Podcasts is a huge driver for our traffic. So 
if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and shut it down right now because I'm not going to tell you anything you haven't heard. And go give us a five-star review. Put something in there nice about us and uh, and throw those five stars. Really appreciate that. Also available on Spotify and Stitcher. So, everybody, I want to thank you for joining us again. We wouldn't be doing this show if we didn't know that people like it. So let us know what you like about the show uh, and interact with it. For Danny West, this has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we will catch you next time.